Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. This is Master McMillan. Thank you for joining us today. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask, Almighty God, that you be with us as we are with you today in this word. Lead us, Father, and help us to understand all the things that you have written before us. Enlighten us today, Lord, with something new. Father, we give you the praise and honor and glory for all things that you do for us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, everyone. Today, we are going to be moving into the book of Mark. But before we move there, I want to talk about Matthew very quickly. Um, Matthew was a sinner, just like all of us were before we came to the Lord. Matthew was called from his sinning position. Uh, Matthew had one of the worst jobs there was. He was, in fact, the person who would knock on your door and collect taxes. One way or another, he would get those taxes. Uh, and not to mention that usually those people would um, charge you more. They would not only charge you what the emperor of Rome would ask for, but they would get their share, so to speak. And a lot of times their share was more uh, or as equal to what the uh, the uh, Roman Empire wanted. They were also considered traitors because they worked for the Romans. <laughs> you know, they were Jews, but they worked for the Romans. Um, <clears throat> so you can see the position that uh, Matthew was in. Though uh, Matthew followed the Lord, and most accounts say that he died a martyr's death. There is, however, one account that says that's not true. He died a peaceful death. We'll never know. <laughs> uh, we can only go by what we see. Um, Matthew's account uh, speaks financially because he was a financial man. Uh, he was about money. So as you're reading uh, his um, book, you will find uh, that he leans, his stories lean towards money and things having to do with money. Now we're getting ready to go into Mark. And Mark is very interesting because Mark has a different approach. In fact, Mark calls, doesn't call Matthew by Matthew. He calls him Levi. Uh, and one would say whether it was because he was from the Levi tribe or maybe that that was, uh, you know, like a, a short name for Matthew. Um, <clears throat> we're not sure about that, but that's the case. Okay. Um, So let's move into the book of Mark.
Mark chapter 1, the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert prepared the way for the Lord, make straight path for him. And so John came baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins and the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him <clears throat> confessing their sins and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothes made of camel hair with with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was the mess message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to, st to stoop down and unite, stoop down and tie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the desert, and he was in the desert forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. <clears throat> Now, Jesus' ministry in Galilee. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother, Andrew, casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in the boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, 
Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teachings because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teacher of the law. Just then, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? And have you come to destroy? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this, a new teacher? And with authority, he even gives orders to evil spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James, John, to the home of Simon and Andrew, Simon's mother-in-law, in bed with a fever. And they told Jesus about her. So he went to her and took her by the hand and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. Then, then that evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who were who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to Solidary Place, where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him and when they found him, they explained, Everyone is looking for you. And Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you may make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was cured. Now Jesus sent him away at once with the strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone. But go show yourself in the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commands for you cleaning as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places, yet the people still came to him from everywhere. <clears throat> At
After a day later, a few days later, Jesus again entered Capernaum, and the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some of the men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat. The paralytic, uh, I'm sorry, the paralyzed man uh, was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the uh, paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can uh, forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and take your mat and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And when the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees, now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. And some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? And Jesus answered, How can the guest of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot, so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day, they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk 
cloth on an old garment. If he does, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskin will be ruined. No, he pours new wine into new wineskins. On the Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Okay, so we've seen several examples here where the Pharisees have already started um, pointing fingers and measuring and uh, trying to entrap him um, and make it seem like he's doing wrong, when in actuality, he's trying to teach them what is right, even though they think it's wrong. Again, this is man's thinking. This is flesh thinking. He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need in the days of Abathar the high priest? He entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread which is lawful only for the priest to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Chapter 3. Another time he went to the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. And some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Now Jesus said uh, to the men with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. And then Jesus asked, which is lawful on the Sabbath? to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill. But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with Herodias, how they might kill Jesus. And see, that's their evil intent showing. And as you can see, that's the adversary rising up. Jesus withheld with his disciples, uh, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake, and a large crowd from Galilee followed. When they heard all he was doing, Many people came to him from Judah, Jerusalem, Idema, and the region across the Jordan, 
and across Tyree and Sinner. Because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him to keep the people from crowding him. For he had sealed, uh, for he had healed many, so that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. Whenever the evil spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. But he gave them a strict order not to tell who he was. So Jesus went up on the mountainside and called to him those he wanted. And they came to him, and he appointed twelve, designating them apostles, that they might be with him. And that they, and that he, excuse me, might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Now these are the twelve he appointed, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. To them he gave the name Bargades. Um, let's see if I get this pronounced properly. Borangis, Borangis, which means the son of the sons of thunder. Andrew Philip, Bethalam, uh, Andrew Philip, and Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus. And Thaddeus, son, uh, Thaddeus, Simon the Ziggalot, and Judas Icot, who betrayed him. Boragus. I'm still trying to pronounce that name. I'm going to look that up. Okay, um, then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. And when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, He is out of his mind. And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by <laughs> by Belzebub. <laughs> and we know Belzebub is the adversary, is the devil. <laughs> By the prince of demons, he is driven out. Demons. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just you can't, <laughs> you can't drive out from your own house. <laughs> oh, boy. Hmm. Uh, hmm. So Jesus called them and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? <laughs> if a kingdom is driven against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, the house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. In fact, 
no one can enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man, and then he can rub, he can rob this house. I tell you the truth: all the sins and blasphemes of men will be forgiven him, will be forgiven them. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. He is guilty of eternal sin. Uh, he said this because they were saying he has an evil spirit. Then Jesus' mother and brother arrived standing outside, and they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brother, he asked. Then he looked at those sitting in the circle around him and said, Here are my mother and, and my brothers, whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Again, I understand that because you are part of the body of Christ. Uh, so when you go out and you preach and teach, evangelize, or tell others about God and the things he does, um, you do things uh, for the good of others. This is what he's saying makes you a brother, a sister, a mother. Not the fact that you're born biologically. Okay, uh, chapter 4. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into the boat and Set in it out on the uh, set in, uh, sorry. Uh, the crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and set in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up, and some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprung up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the, plant <coughs> the plants were scorched. And they withered because they had no root. <clears throat> other seeds fell. Other seeds uh, fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still, other seeds fell on good soil. It came up and grew and produced a crop, multiplying thirty, sixty, or even a hundred times. 
Then Jesus said, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. When he was strong, <clears throat> the twelve, <clears throat> excuse me, when he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables, and he told them the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. <clears throat> then Jesus said to them, don't you understand the parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. And some people are like seed along the path where the seed is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seeds sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have now no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others like seeds sown among thorns hear the word. But the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things came in and choked the word, making it unfruitful. Otherwise, like the seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop thirty, sixty, or even a hundred times what was sown. He said to them, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on a stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more, and <clears throat> whosoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. He also said this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day. And whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how, or by itself the seed produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again he said, what shall we say that the kingdom of God is like? 
or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like mustard seed, which is small seed. You plant in the ground, yet with planting, it grows and becomes the largest in the garden's plants. With such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them. As much <clears throat> as much as could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable, but when he was alone with uh, his own disciples, he explained everything. The day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side, leaving the crowd behind. They took him along just as he was in the boat, and there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and he <clears throat> waved. Excuse me. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleep on the cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet and be still. Then the winds died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Okay, we're going to stop here uh, today um, because as you can see at this point, um, they still don't understand and know who Christ is, but he is teaching them and they are in, they're in the learning stage. They're in the learning stages right now. And so they don't understand that um, that what is actually taking place. You know, people have a tendency to follow you around when you're doing good things. But they're not sure about what is actually going on. They're just following you for the hype, so to speak. Um, babes in Christ. They see things that are going on, it's wonderful, it's great, but they don't have a full understanding. And this is pretty much where they're at right now. They really don't have a full understanding. They have to be explained to by uh, God what his parables actually are because they themselves are still in the dark. Okay, so we're going to stop here today. I want you guys to reread this and understand this and then um, when I come back tomorrow I'm going to go over uh, Mark. Uh, Mark is an interesting person uh, and he too has um, uh, quite interesting stories about him. Okay everyone this is Mr. McMillan saying have a blessed evening and good night.